following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. Okay, good evening. This is John Arnold, principal and owner of the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company, and uh, inviting you here to listen to us for the next hour. My man, Ron Verb, is on vacation, a well-deserved one. And uh, so we wish him the best. And after this, we're going to go to the Indians and Royals at 737. But tonight, we have a full show for you. And uh, once again, thank you for listening. And I'd like to start off with talking about, uh, regarding tonight, one of my passions is my favorite holiday. And one's kind of biased, or it's, I should say, this holiday's kind of biased for me uh, because it is also the celebration of my anniversary, uh, 12 years of my wife. But more importantly, um, it, it's the celebration of this con- the birth of this country. And uh, there's nothing I'm more passionate about than this country. I, lo- I love our veterans, love this country. Um, when I see people burning the flag or just... Uh, disrespecting it. There's nothing that gets me more fired up than that. Um, and, and I want to talk to you guys about uh, uh, what makes this country great. You think about what this country, how it was started, and um, what it took to get it to where it's at right now. You're talking about a country that at the end of World War II could have taken over the entire world. We had the only atomic bomb. We had the only delivery system of the atomic bomb. We could have very well just said, you know what, we're going to take over the world. And guess what, guys? Not a damn thing you could do about it. But we didn't. As a matter of fact, we did the opposite. We repaired Japan. We repaired Germany. We repaired various other countries that attacked us. We played nice with Russia, who was our ally in World War II. However, they also started B-29, and we did what we had to do to keep it a Cold War instead of a war. Uh, one of the things I think we miss in this country is how important our veterans are. I, I could tell you, my, my grandfather, uh, who was a big part of my life growing up, he raised me for a couple years of my life, him and my, my, my grandmother. Um, he, his, his hand and arm looked like uh, he put it into a deep fryer. And the reason is because he got hit with grenade shrapnel, and uh, it blew his, his blew his hand off, and it was hanging by just his skin, he said. And he said, an army medic, he doesn't know how, uh, he had the, the, the know-how to do this somehow, saved it, and this, obviously the skin was uh, forged together and, and appaired, and after months of, in the hospital, he was able to eventually use it again. And in addition to that, I used to see him go down on our couch in my grandma and grandpa's house and uh, get malaria. he would get reoccurring malaria at certain times of the year. And that was obviously from fighting in the Philippines. But as bad as his time was, uh, and in and, and his devotion to his country uh, being great, it didn't compare to some of our veterans today and, and before who have been killed. You know, sons and daughters uh, fighting in the line of duty for that, for this flag. Uh, and, and with that said, I just wanted to bring to light why the 4th of July is so special to me, why the 4th of July is such a, uh, a passionate thing for me to talk about tonight on the radio. And it's a good lead into talking about the stock market and, and what this country's been through as far as financial crisis. You think about the 1929 stock market crash, the 1970s oil crisis, the collapse in the 1980s of savings and loans, 
the 2001 tech bubble, the 2008 financial crisis. And in my personal opinion, opinion being key, opinion being the, the, the key word here, I think the pension plans and, inflate, and the fall of the bond market are going to be our next crisis. Do I have proof of that? No. Can I guarantee that? No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, the G word is, an, is a word I prefer never to use on this show because in the investment reason, the G word, which is also known as guaranteed, can get you into a lot of trouble. So keep in mind when I talk about stuff on this show, it is pure opinion. I've been wrong many times in the stock market. I will be wrong again. Uh, for the past three or four years, if you heard the show, I've been right on a lot, actually pretty close to all the time. But I can also tell you, um, I, did, I sucked it up pretty bad in 2015. Uh, you know, I think our, our, our models, uh, under, under competed, uh, upper four, excuse me, underperformed the SP 500 about by four to 5%. I, we pulled out of the market prematurely, uh, due to an oil crisis and it came roaring back and we got in late, uh, trying to protect our clients. The S&P, I think did like 12 to 13% and we only ended up doing about an eight and a half. But other than that, I think we've beat the market handily in our growth models and our aggressive growth models pretty easily. Uh, that's not to say that will happen in the future, but that's my thing. I, I'm a performance-based guy, uh, which is going to be part of our show tonight. One of the things I want to talk to you about tonight is education. I love this show and the fact that I get to educate the audience, and with that education comes great call-ins. So if you're out there listening and you have time when you're on the road or if you're at home listening or if you're uh, watering the garden, whatever have you. If you're listening to this sh- this show on 570WKBN, I would like to get a call from you regarding the stock market or investment advice or anything investment related. And with that call, if it warrants, uh, obviously, a, a decent reply and it's educational, we are going to send you out a $50 gift card to the, my favorite restaurant in the area, Blue Wolf Tavern, owned by my buddy Joe, who's a unbelievable entrepreneur in this area. He started in Struthers. Uh, if you go to Blue Wolf Gourmet Menu, uh, all the things uh, served there are fresh and they're gourmet. And I, you know, I'm there probably four to eight times a month. And uh, he was he was kind enough to cut me a deal on some uh, some gift cards. Uh, he every time my clients and I uh, uh, get together, I, I I usually take them down the blue. It's just a front to back. Classy restaurant, classy situation, great food. And and if you call tonight and you have something interesting for the audience for us to talk about, we are going to send you out a $50 gift card to Blue Wolf and uh, either a sweatshirt, excuse me, a golf pullover and or uh, a polo uh, from Antigua, uh, which I pay about $45 to $70 per shirt or, or pullover for. Very high quality. And there's no salesmanship with it. It's just strictly thank you for listening. And uh, and that's that. I think, uh, Dave, do we have Mike ready to go? Please put him through if you don't mind. Good evening. All right, Mike, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I retired a year ago, and I live on a pretty decent pension, I'll say that. But I also have an annuity that's sitting in uh, my name that by the age of 70, uh, through the pension plan that I'm in, I have to withdraw. It's... It's a little over $100,000 in there. I just haven't figured out what to do with it. I don't want to touch it until I absolutely have to. It gets about a return of about 7 to 9%. But it's been sitting there uh, for about the last, it's been growing for 15 years now. So 
I'm going to have to start taking it out. I just don't know which way to go with it. We got a, you got a bunch of um, different bells and whistles going on there, and I'm going to use you your call and educate the, the listenership here and yourself, if you don't mind. So yeah, that, that annuity, is it a fixed annuity, indexed annuity, or a variable, or don't you know? It's a low-risk fixed annuity. Okay, so it's a fixed annuity, and you're saying it's getting, yes. a, it's getting a guaranteed 7 to 9% return? Well, not guaranteed, but that's what it's been averaging. Oh, so you're in a you're in what's called a variable annuity then. Like, I'm part I'm part I'm part of the construction trade oh. retired that there are about like thirty five thousand of us in this you Yeah, know, yeah. So I think New York thing, Life so. has that plan, if I remember right. Pardon me? Is it New York Life that has that plan? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have some clients that come out of that union, we roll that over. Um here's why you might want to consider rolling that over. One, that pension plan is it's part of your pension plan and pension plans are in danger right now. And the reason why you know that is, is a simple math equation. People are living longer and wiser every day because of medicine. The funds that are inside those annuities have not been able to keep pace with the growth of, 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 of our ages. You look at, like we talked about, the 80s, 1987 market crash. You look at the 2001 market crash. You look at the 2008 market crash. That's two disastrous market crashes in one decade. So you got people living longer and wiser and better. Okay, and you got the math okay. not competing com competing with it, right? Not keeping up with it. So you have a perfect death cross going on. So needless to say, I would like the opportunity in your business, but even if not John, even if not John Arnold, the general wealth management company, you need to go interview a couple financial advisors, or if you know how to do it yourself, roll it over to your own IRA, say maybe a Scott Trade or a, or a Merrill Edge or something like that, if you want to do it on your own. But what you don't want to do is leave it to chance in your union. And I find sometimes, especially with teachers and firemen and police and, and basically overall state, state teachers or, or actually state employees, they, for, for whatever reason, have the safety net with the state when it's the exact opposite. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and so I'm, I'm asking you, I'm almost begging you uh, for the listenership and yourself, again, even if not with me, go check out a couple options. You're going to want to roll that over to your own IRA, which is a non-taxable consequence. Get that money in and get that money into your control, okay? Once it's in your control, into your own IRA, if that union goes broke or whatever have you, it's mismanaged, if it shuts down whatever, the PBGC is not going to come in and, and take 70% of your IRA. It's it's yours. It's in your control. If you leave it in that annuity, if you leave it in that pension, guess what's going to happen? If that thing goes broke, you're getting 33%, if you're lucky, on the dollar. Uh, the Teamsters are in, in, in trouble with that, as we speak. You know, you talk to the... Mm -hmm. The steel mill workers, blah, blah, blah. You know the story. Yep. Um, form health, blah, blah, blah. You know, and there's not a damn thing you could do about it because we got to remember, these pension plans were created in the 40s and the 50s. People started taking them at 62, and the normal age of people dying back then was 65. So these things were structured for people to die in their mid-60s, not start in their mid-60s. All right? Mm -hmm. Well, would it be possible if I could make a set up an appointment with you sometime and come in to talk to you and yeah, your office? I would, I would love it. Uh, it's free. The consultation's free. Um, we're very. I don't know if you've heard the show before, but we're unbelievable. Yes, I, have I just, uh, I just sparked my interest enough that like I got to call and do something before this slips away on me. I can't. I was fortunate enough to have worked 40, 40 years in the trades, got out, retired at the age of fifty nine and a half. So I'm one of the lucky ones that's got a, a long life ahead of me now that I hopefully will enjoy with my bride. 
Excellent, and I want you to as well, and I'm glad you have that outlook. I'll tell you what you do. Here's my phone number at the office. Again, it's a zero-pressure situation, no obligation. And when you walk out of our firm, one of two things are going to happen. You'll say, I want to go with that guy, or at least I got positive information. So here's my number. Okay. 330-965-9890. I'll be repeating that at the end of the show. And um, like I said, just come in what you have, and share me what you have. I'll... I'll give you a couple of different strategies, and hopefully you pick me, but you'll definitely walk out of our firm knowing what to do and why and have some questions answered. And then if you don't mind, uh, Mike, staying up, staying in, on the line here with Dave, you'll get your phone number and your your, your, your address. And your full name will send you out a gift card and uh, a shirt of your size. And I uh, really appreciate you calling in and listening to the show. Well, I appreciate it, too. And uh, like I said, I was always good with my tools, making a living at it, building things, but you know, managing the money, uh, that was always done by every somebody else who did a decent job up to this point. But like I said, now that I'm retired, i got to look at it uh, a little bit tighter now. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, buddy. Enjoy your retirement thanks. and the trades are where it's at. That's great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dave. So back back to uh, what I was saying here. Um, as far and we'll get back to, to Mike's uh, kind of statement slash question is, if you're in a pension plan, like for like what we're doing, we're we're getting ready to do education seminars for the fidelity folks that got laid off here and uh, on second shift, and basically like they got downsized. All right, and I'm I'm very sorry for that. My my dad retired from General Motors. I have, I can't even I don't even know how many General Motors employees I have as clients. There's there's tons, uh, all great people, men and women, and um, you know it just breaks my heart that they're going out. Some of them are happy. Some are happy to get in the buyout and saying that you know they're they're wiping their hands and say this is great enough's enough and then some of them are hurt saying you know what what am I going to do now but what we're going to do is we're doing but we're going to do four different uh, workshops on healthcare it's going to be a combined one so it'll be a long one which I normally don't like but this is an important one we're going to talk about why it makes sense to roll your 401k over to your own IRA some of the same reasons why I just talked to Mike about. And it's not to get me get business from you. It's obviously we hope you choose us. It's to educate you with the objective reasons why. Talk about the fees. Talk about the 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 the, the uh, not able to help you as far as the managers there. Uh, talk about uh, uh, getting more investment options versus just being stuck in fidelity. The second thing we're going to talk to you about talk to you about is healthcare. How can we bridge the gap to sixty five uh, to Medicare age? The third thing we're going to talk to you about is uh, how this is going to impact your taxes, and then, and also how to preserve your estate using a, a vehicle that we like to use, um, using uh, some kind of insurance, which is a blend of life insurance, long-term care insurance, without any money out of your pocket. Uh, if you have the if you have the assets, and you'll walk out of that seminar with one some eating some great food. We're going to serve beer, wine, and non-alcoholic drinks at that. Uh, we're going to have it at, uh, I want to say, I'm, I'm getting together with certain people at Avalon, uh, Tippecanoe Country Club, the Lake Club, and we'll probably identify somewhere in Austin Town. They have these. We're trying to structure the dates. And then this week and going forward, we'll have those dates and the call-ins. We're going to limit it to 30 people. And the reason why I limit it to 30 people is because I get it gets lost in the shuffle, all the information. Some people are there for the free food. Some people are there to test their other fin- their other financial advisors to see if they're on the up and up. And then the other people are there are truly to get an education and see if I might be a right, the right guy for the fit. Either way, everybody's invited. But sometimes we get we get an abundance of people, and um, and unfortunately we have to move them to another date or we have to turn them away. 
and we don't want that to be the case. So we'll have four of them. We'll have them in different locations, different geographies of the counties here, so everybody has a fair chance to get in. And uh, by the end of July and August, we we intend to have definitely educated various people on their options and, and help them out. With that said, uh, I totally skipped over some things I wanted to talk about today. Crazy day on the Dow Jones. Uh, it started out down 180, and then it started in a midday, mid mid 100. Lower, excuse me, it lost 100, and then it finished up, finished up 35 points. Crazy. So it closed at 24307. Uh, Nasdaq 7567 up 57, which is the index that I particularly like to follow. And then we'll go some local uh, local stocks of interest that everybody takes a look at. UCFC, which is the absolute Rocky Balboa turnaround, uh, can't count a man out, man out type stock here. Was gonna you know had a C and D, and then now they're at eleven bucks a share, paying a decent dividend. They're up eight cents today at eleven oh seven. The other one that just took a beating was Dominion Gas. Dominion Gas uh, took a hard beating a couple weeks ago, uh, paying a heck of a dividend. Uh, right now it closed at 68.45, up 27 cents. The current yield on the dividend is 5%. I want you to think about that. So if you're an investor out there that's stuck or afraid of the stock market, but uh, also you know kind of pissed off about the CD rates out there in the money markets, you might want to consider if you again if you want to take some risk, you might want to consider checking out AT&T and Dominion. You know Dominion and AT&T are, are well they. They have quality services that everybody needs, which is gas, telephone services, and Internet. So Dominion, obviously, gas, AT&T, telephone services, and Internet. AT&T is paying a 6% dividend. They just bought out Time Warner, which lets you know that they laid out some cash, but they also had the power to do it. I didn't agree with it. I thought they have a true monopoly now, but I'm just John Arnold Arnold here in Mahoning County. Uh, I don't know why that was allowed, but the judge allowed it, and now they got a monopoly. But for an investment strategy, paying a six percent dividend, if that if that board declares that dividend, which they've had for decades to keep the same, that means you're going to make six percent on your money. And at this price of the thirty-two area, more than likely you're going to appreciate over the years. So a dividend-paying stock strategy works like this: it's like a it's like a rent check. The beauty of a of a dividend-paying stock is you don't have insurance. You don't have crazy tenants to deal with. You don't have the water department to deal with. You don't got the lawn to deal with. You don't have taxes to deal with. You just get that damn check every three months, and that. And if you don't need it, guess what? It buys you more shares. And it, here's a common misconception for people who don't know better. Dividends are paid on the amount of shares you own, not the amount of money you own. So if you have dividends buying you more shares, what's going to happen in three months? You're going to get more dividends. And then what's going to happen in three months from there? You're going to get more dividends, and then you're going to get more shares. So it's a way that a lot of folks back in the day, uh, they didn't have much money. They would especially like to put money into insurance and uh, banking stocks. And those folks, four to five decades later, have a million or so bucks more. And it's hard to believe knowing where they started from. So, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It does carry a risk. Do your due diligence on it. Take a shot at it. It sure hex beats, uh, you know, one to two percent CD market, especially if it's taxable, and uh, and, and and that's that. AT and T, same thing. Uh, like I said, six percent dividend here. Um, might want to throw some cash at it if you can wait. If you're willing to put four to five years together into a CD and get a, you know, what they call a high yield, which is ridiculous to me. Um, 
might want to throw some money at, at some of these dividend-paying stocks. First energy year uh, yield on it is 4.1. Uh, they're closing. They're closing the gap on uh, on uh, bankrupting some subsi- subsidiaries, but that doesn't necessarily mean the first energy, the energy player, is is going bankrupt. Uh, they are the Northeast uh, provider of electric. Again, four percent dividend. And then there's my ultimate favorite. This is a stock that I purchased for our clients and myself in the mid four hundreds, some more in the mid six hundreds, and that would be Amazon. And for those people who think, well, he's just saying that. He's, you know, he can anybody can say that. All you have to do is listen to the podcast on 570 w, WKBN. You can hear Ron and I talk about when Amazon's in the 400s and 600s, how I propose doing that. So, again, I could have lost all my money in Amazon, um, but I didn't. Instead, we tripled up. And, and I, I believe in my heart of hearts it's going higher, which is a pure guess. But uh, I, I think Amazon's retail-wise – whether it's pharmaceuticals or food or or clothing and blah blah blah, I think they're slowly taking over retail. And right now, currently, a lot of people don't know this. Amazon only has two percent of the market share. I want you to think about that. If they've gone from four to six hundred dollars a share in three to four years, and they only have two percent of the market share in retail right now, where do you think things are going to be at when they have more of the market share? They have a legit legal monopoly. Put your head together around that. They have a legit legal monopoly. That means, and the reason why it's legal is because you can't say somebody has a monopoly on services. They might have a monopoly. You could say maybe someone has a monopoly on goods, okay? But you, a monopoly on all services, retail, that's hard to pin down. And that's, that, that question is probably more for the Dave Beecher show and the legal show, uh, which they do a fantastic job on. But... Uh, for me, with my very little expertise in, in legal matters and my big expertise on stock matters, I think that's a good bet, guys. I really do. So you might want to dig into some Amazon if you could take some risk and, and leave that money alone, knowing that you could lose it all. Uh, with that said, let's talk about another idea here. Uh, ideas. Okay. This doesn't necessarily mean buy them. This doesn't mean sell them. I'm not allowed to, re- I'm not allowed to recommend anything on this show. And here's the reason why, folks. I don't know who the listenership suitability is. I don't know what you make a year. I don't know if you're a risk taker, if you're a safe, uh, a safe investor. I don't know how, how what your education level is. All the due diligence things that I normally ask a client when somebody comes in, I profile them, make sure that we're a fit. I don't get to ask that to you as a listener because right now, I hope anyway, there's you know th- hundreds or thousands of listeners tuning into this broadcast, so I can't recommend anything to you. So here are some ideas to research. Take a look at Nike. Nike right now is buying back its stock, all right? They just had a 3% increase in sales online. What does that tell you? Well, they've come around to 2018 and said, you know what? Majority of our sales now are probably going to be similar to Amazon. Secondly, if the executive team is buying back their stocks, um, that's a good that's a good uh, you know that's a good alarm bell saying hey hey we got something here we got to go to break we're gonna come back take Mark's call thanks for listening five seventy WKBN. The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. 
Okay, we're back for the last half an hour. Uh, my man DP's helped me out here tonight, Dave Price. Dave, would you mind connecting us to Mark? All right, Mark, you're on. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing uh, well. How about you? I'm doing good. Excellent. I'm a current client of yours, but uh, I had a question. I had read somewhere a couple weeks ago that federal judge had thrown out the fiduciary requirement. Oh, man, you beat me to the punch. You beat me to the punch. Oh, that's going to come up, but that's okay. That's good. That's good. I want to hear it. Tell me what your question is again, please, for the audience. Well, the question is that uh, I heard the federal judge has thrown out the fiduciary requirement for financial managers. My only question is, how does that affect you if it affects you? And uh, I'm assuming it probably doesn't, but uh, maybe you can clear me up on that. Yep. This is... This is an absolute, by the way, Mark, thank you for the call. You know how I feel about you. You're the best, so thanks for the call. Um, and I hope you're doing okay. The, um, doing good. Excellent. Doing good every time I look at my account, too. Well, <laughs> Dude, people are going to start thinking I'm paying you to say that. Thank you so much. Um, all right, so let me, let me clarify what, what Mark's talking about now, which is one of the things I was going to talk about tonight on the show, so this is a great lead-in. Uh, there's been something introduced by the the Obama Warren administration, Barack Obama when he's president, Elizabeth Warren when she's she's currently a senator. Uh, that believe it or not, in my very conservative right wing ways, that I agreed with, and that was the fiduciary rule. Uh, before the fiduciary rule, people in our industry didn't have a legal obligation to do what's best for the client. So I know right now you're you're scratching your head and saying, "What the heck is this guy talking about?" All right, well. Before uh, before the fiduciary rule, rule was proposed, if you did a client wrong or if you did not what was in the best the best interest of the client, you would be put in front of an arbitration panel if you decide to go. By the way, and you would be either, if found guilty, you'd be either fined or a loss of license by a private sector that that supervises called Finra. Okay, so let's say that Joe Schmo uh, X Y Z uh, put. Uh, 85-year-old lady into all penny stocks, even though her investment um, tolerance was, say, moderate to conservative, which it should be. And he lost all of her money. He loses, he go, you know, there's a fine, there's a suspension. He quits the industry. He doesn't have to pay that. Maybe the broker-dealer he worked for might pay it, but he doesn't have to pay it. And he might just quit the industry and move on to sell real estate or insurance. And if you're thinking as crazy as that sounds like I did, that is true. And Barack Obama and Elizabeth Warren thought that was crap, and I do too. It was, even though I disagree with most of what they say most of the time, this is one thing they hit, hit the nail on the head with. In comes uh, the DOL, Department of Labor, fiduciary rule, to where they now made it a legal obligation to do what's in the best interest of your client, which, by the way, yours truly did. I became a fiduciary in 2007 uh, through various channels. I, looking back on it from 99 to 2007, I can't believe I did it any other way. But I am a fiduciary as we speak. It is not, to answer your question directly, Mark, I'm go, this is, doesn't change a thing for me. As a matter of fact, I move more and more away from the broker-dealer side, which is non-fiduciary regulated, to more just what's called advisory, which is truly fiduciary rule. And uh, I intend to make our firm stronger that way. This is really what's going to separate the boys from the men, the girls from the women, as far as moving forward. You're going to find out what broker-dealers are really made of, because now there's not a legal thumb over their head to say, you have to do this. 
So broker dealers are going to have to come upon. They're going to have to do something on their own and say, well, even though that's not illegal, you know, even though the, the Fifth Circuit said, uh, you know, there's you don't have a, you know, this is unconstitutional and you can't force a sector or an industry to do a certain thing. It's up to the broker dealers now to manage these brokers, people in my industry, and say. Even though there's not a legal ramification now, we're going to force you to adhere to fiduciary standards. And if you hurt somebody, we're coming after you, uh, along with FINRA, and we're going to involve the SEC or the state regulatory department, and we're going to do whatever we can to make criminal charges against you. So answer your question, number one, it it affects me none. I'm proud to be a fiduciary, have been. Uh, Two, uh, it does affect the overall industry as a whole because things are going to wind back to two years ago to where... It was pre-fiduciary role. Uh, but three, I got to tell you, I think this opened the eyes up of a lot of firms. And I would be willing to bet that a lot of firms are going to uh, put the, the reins and the, the leashes tighter on their advisors and make them follow it directly. So I hope I made that clear enough. That's a long explanation. Um, I know it sounds crazy that all this time that we didn't have a legal standard called a fiduciary role for financial advisors handling money. Um, but we didn't. And we still don't. But on my side of things, we still do because I'm an advisory firm and I follow SEC guidelines. So with that said, Mark, did we answer your question? Oh, you did. That's good news for us. It is. I'm here. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for your business. Thanks for your call. Thanks for, you know, you and your family, everything. Uh, God bless you guys. All right. Thanks, John. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. John's been holding patiently. Uh, Dave, you mind putting him through? All right, John, go ahead, shoot. John, how are you this evening? All right. Is this I want JK? To say that I am enjoying your show tonight, and I would like to tell your listeners that I came in to talk to you not more than two years ago, and I'm glad that you and I are associated together. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. A couple quick questions. You have me invested in an HMS income fund, and it appears that we're doing quite well with it. I can see that my shares <laughs> are increasing. How would someone like myself uh, track uh, exactly what percentage of uh, return that we're getting on a fund like this? Okay. Uh, all you have to do is put the – what you'd have to do is – say it's complicated because you have, you're have you in a dividend reinvestment program. Okay. But someone who, who just invested in that fund or is taking the dividends every month is getting an 8.14% dividend. You, on the other hand, are reinvesting it. So reinvesting it would also require for me to know your exact tax bracket. Let's just say an estimate. I'm going to go with an estimate. You're probably making at eight and eight point one four reinvested. You're probably doing close to ten percent with the reinvestment program. I can't prove that without doing some math equations. I understand. And I also got to disclose to the audience that one that investment is no longer available. Uh, I wish it was, but it's not. Uh, believe it or not, um, John, you might have came to one of my workshops on this. I had workshops on that. Okay. And we used to tell our clients, our prospective clients, hey, listen, get into this thing. It's rare that we have an alternative with this much prudence, this much safety on it, and that, uh, with a firm 50 years old that's willing to give you an 8% return on the dividend. And, and by the way, your money's liquid. And I said, they're only going to offer this for a certain amount of time. And, of course, I sounded like a used car salesman because that's what, you know, go see my manager and we'll see if we can get the price, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't the case here. It was true. And they took that away from us about, I'm going to say, 15 months ago. But everybody that's in it, that's first of all, we have way better returns, as you know, firsthand than that 8 to 10%. But I don't have a, I don't have a product or an investment out there that has that kind of return with that kind of safety. 
Okay. And, 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 and so you're correct. I mean, that, that damn dividend comes like clockwork. The nav on that kind of seems to float up. It's with an unbelievably strong company. Uh, I have to disclose to you that is, uh, you know, the audience that not everybody's uh, suitable for that particular investment, uh, that it could lose all of its money tomorrow, just like any investment, and um, and obviously that it's not offered anymore. But good, you know, but, but great for you listening to me, John, and, and, and hearing me out on that, because that was a, because if you're a member, as soon as we put that fund together for you, uh, SEC slash FINRA, mandatory per Elizabeth Warren said, all investment alternative products have to disclose uh, what's called a, a, the, the cost of managing that fund and their share price. So everybody lost 11% in alternative investments on August 12th of 2016 overnight for no reason at all. And I tried to explain that to folks that, that listen, this is just a paper loss. Uh, this is you know regulatory loss. You're going to have to hang in there. And all the people that listened to me and hung in there, which was, by the, by the way, 100% of them, which I will say half of them were unbelievably pissed off at first, believed in me, and they, they, they wrote it out, and now they could not be happier. Um, but that was a tough one to swallow because, because before April 12th of 2016, your NAV just stayed at 10 or higher. What you bought it at is what it showed on your paper. Then you know the, list, the, the, the regulation change came in, and it, it dropped overnight, and then now it's risen back up dramatically with that great dividend. So anyways... Um, right, so even though it's no longer offered, as long as I hold it, I can hold it as long um, as I wish. Is that John, correct? absolutely. As long as we can, as long as Heinz lets lets us hold that that thing, you're going to be crazy to get out of it. I don't okay, have anything one, close to it. One more question. I know you're a busy guy. No, no, uh, go you've ahead. Got me doing well in a couple ETFs. What can you tell me about a blockchain ETF and how how do they work? I don't know enough about it, especially to discuss on the radio. Um, let me go back to the drawing board and research it. I don't. I, the, the truth is, is I try to stay away from that stuff. Uh, it's just, it's just now becoming regulated to where they're they're allowed to offer that through the ETF systems. Um, but I, I would be telling you um, very, very empty I- advice right now on this particular products. Okay, I brought it up because they they seem to hold some uh, of the Dow Jones 100, uh, you know, stocks in. Mm-hmm. I, it, it brought up an interest to me, and I thought you might shed some light on that. You know, with things like that, I'm not. A, I'm not too much. I'm not too stubborn or too much of a jackass to say. You know, I don't know enough to sound like an expert on it. Now, if you wanted to talk about healthcare sectors or commodities or uh, or any of the things, I think I would be considered pretty close to an expert on. I would definitely do that. But being that this is so new, I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about it on the air. I just wouldn't. Um, that's probably more of a one-on-one discussion for us. All right, John, as always to your listeners, I always relish your candid information and your opinion to me as an investor. Well, thank you so much for your business, sir, and uh, hope to see you soon. All right, have a good evening. All right, buddy. Um, so basically, in a, in a roundabout way, without saying it, I don't know enough about blockchain investments to give you advice on the air, guys. That's the truth. Uh, this is something that has just now tur- you know, turned its head, uh, both good and bad, in the past two years. I have so many other investments that are doing tremendously well that I haven't really had time to uh, pound away at that, but I will, I promise you. There's just only so much of John Arnold to go around. Um, I will tell you another idea, while we wait for some more calls, is Campbell Soup. All right, Again, an idea means don't buy it, doesn't, don't sell it, research it. Cra- or Campbell Soup... 
Uh, Kraft is interested right now in buying that particular company. If you look at the chart, it means it's pretty serious. But one of the things I love about this particular investment for somebody that's what's called a moderate to moderate aggressive investor is food isn't going anywhere. People need Cadillac or people want Cadillacs. People want iPads. They want Teslas. They want certain medical devices. All the sexy things we hear about uh, on CNN and MSNBC and the ticker and what that. But the truth of the matter is talking about investing in food is not sexy. As a matter of fact, I would say it's the opposite. It's boring. Um, But for a boring investor, for somebody just like Steady Eddie, buying something after it got beat up, buying something that has so much much of a dividend. You know what people do need to live on? They need food. You know what company's been around over a century? Campbell's. You know what other company's been around for over a century that's diversified more than the days long? Kraft. So take a look at that. See where that goes for you. And uh, we'll take it from there. And uh, and again, another idea. Here's a la- my last idea for the night. It kind of shows you the way I think about things and why I do things the way I do. You know, Southwest Airlines which I, f- I probably fly them 30 to 50 times a year. Uh, a lot of folks know that I have a, a, an office and a, a home down in Jupiter, Florida, which I love. Um, but I also love my clients. So majority of our clients are, are in Ohio, and I would say 10% to 12% of our, our clients are in Florida. And, and it's starting to grow rapidly now, but I've been here now 19 years in the industry, and I think we just opened our office three or four years ago down there, and it's just slow moving. So I, in the money business, people uh, want to see a face-to-face. Email and, and, and phone will do it for so long, but at the end of the day, when you got people's hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars, you know what? They want to have an eye-to-eye, face-to-face conversation. And to be honest with you guys, who can blame them? I know I couldn't blame them. I want to look at the guy managing my assets in the eye, too, make sure he's not pulling a Bernie Madoff on me. So I fly up here all the time on Southwest. Now, the truth of the matter is, Southwest... I think has a, a really stupid way of getting on board. Uh, you just go into a numbers line with no seating uh, instructions. Two, the, the seats are uncomfortable. But you know what they do have more than anything? They have the customer service down right. They give you some peanuts and a drink for free. Other airlines charge you. Uh, they do have uh, very, very, very low cost uh, tickets. Their, their motto, the, as a matter of fact, their symbol is LUV for love. Um, they they truly, I will tell you, love the clientele, and so does yours truly. So um, I will tell you, that stock got killed over the past three months, all right? Killed. And it might go down even further. But what I do know is you can't keep a winner down, all right? They're going to figure their, they're gonna figure their, 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 what's going on wrong with their planes. They're going to fix it. They always do. And when that time comes, if you're a growth investor, you might want to pounce. You want to, you want to, uh, something that's similar to that. Take a look at Toyota. Take a look at Toyota. Remember when Toyota uh, went through a crap storm? Remember how everybody's dumping Toyota? Take a look at Toyota. All right. Now I don't know what's going to happen with the tariff thing, but I know this: you look at the recovery off Toyota, and people wish they had bought Toyota a certain at a certain number. After, you know, after all those, those safety recalls and them, you know, come to find out that, that they overlook some things, I'm just going to tell you, you might want to consider taking a re- and researching uh, LUV, which is Southwest Airlines. With that said, I want to, I really like to attack a couple more calls. 
Uh, again, for the listeners out there, if you have a good question for me, uh, something legit, something educational, something investment related, uh, call 570 WKBN at 330 729 9977. We will send you out a Blue Wolf gift card, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, restaurants. Uh, local entrepreneur in the air has just killed it. He's done well for himself, uh, him and his beautiful wife and his kid. And uh, his kids, I should say, they're just, just an amazing business out there. And uh, and uh, I'm going to give you a $50 gift card to them and a nice polo shirt or a golf pullover that's uh, really high end. So give us a call at 330-729-9977, and we'll get those, uh, get those out to you. But, again, it's got to be educational and important. Uh, let's con. Let, let's circle back to how you pick a financial advisor, how you pick an investment advisor. Okay, this is one of the things we're going to have on our workshops for our General Motors uh, folks that are that are getting cut. Is we're going to help educate them on why a lot of the people in my business are going to try to throw an annuity at them. Why the, the why it's so much more beneficial to the annuity company and that so-called advisor than it is to probably uh, the client himself or herself, or to the family. We're going to talk about that. We're going we're, we're gonna to educate you. You're going to go in loaded for bear to your next financial advisor meeting, and you're going to have one eye, you know, we're going to have both eyes open, I should say, uh, big-eyed when you go in there. You're going to know some things, and you're going to surprise those people how much you know because we're going to educate you front to back A to Z on what to look out for. Uh, so first things first, is your financial advisor a fiduciary? Is he or she obligated legally, again, legally, to do right by you? If they lose their license, if they do wrong by you, if they don't do what's in the best interest of you, are they just going to lose uh, their investment license? Are they just going to get a slap on the hand? Or is there criminal jail time involved? Is there humiliation involved? Is them getting a lawyer involved? If that answer is they're a fiduciary, that's a, that's a check mark on their spot, okay? They owe you that. Secondly... Why are you choosing them? Is it because you, that they're your neighbor? Is it because uh, you go to church with them? Or they're on a board of directors with you? Or Rotary? Or any other crazy, stupid reasons why people choose financial advisors differently than what they choose their, their lawyer or their, their doctor? Let me give an example. You, 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 let's pretend you got put in prison for something you didn't do. In your heart of hearts, you know you didn't do it. All right? You want, a, you want the best lawyer in town... But your neighbor is also a lawyer. Now, he's going to be disgruntled you didn't pick him uh, because he wants, the, obviously, the hourly fee of the retainer. Because you went, and, you went and, you know, got together with the best lawyer in town because, damn it, you want to get out of prison, you want to get out of jail, you want to see your family, you didn't do anything wrong, and you don't want to bet anything wrong. You want to go with the best. Let's go to the doctor analogy. Let's say you need heart surgery. And, uh, you know, you, 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 there's this great doctor in town 20 miles away. Uh, that you know can perform this heart surgery he has a great history. He's considered an expert in the top 100 across the nation. But you belong to the country club with so and so surgeon who wants the business. Okay, are you gonna you're gonna be afraid to offend the guy that you golf with, or are you gonna go to the best surgeon in town and get your heart fixed, are you, and, and so you can enjoy the rest of your life with your kids and your grandkids? You know you're gonna pick. You're gonna pick the best surgeon. And you're not going to care about hurting Joe Schmo, buddy, golf guy, because at the end of the day, you got to live for your family. But do you know that people choose investment advisors with the opposite affection, with the opposite interest, with the opposite 
I say due diligence. Though my favorite one is obviously I go to church with him or her. Come on now. At the end of the day, the stock market doesn't care who you go to church with. What you should be asking them is, how long have you been in business? Fiduciary. Tell me about your academic record. Tell me about your disciplinary record. Tell me about if you're independent. Tell me about what kind of return you think you can make me based on what I'm trying to accomplish with my aggressive to- my my risk tolerance. Tell me um, you know what makes you different from XYZ firm down the street. Are you just going to give me the same old American funds and a couple blue chips and send me a Christmas card and anniversary card? Because if you are, that's exactly what I'm not looking for. I'm looking for a man or woman or team is going to give me investment ideas. I'm looking for somebody who's going to say, hey, I was wrong, but here's how we're going to make the money back, in my opinion, and give it a shot. I'm looking for somebody who's going to ride the ups and downs of the market compensation-wise with you. I'm looking for somebody who's going to be completely liquid. Example, in my firm, you can fire me at any time. There's nothing holding you back. We don't do sales charges. We don't do upfront loads. We don't do back-ended loads. We don't hold you in any way. As a matter of fact, I reimburse, when people come to us, reimburse their transfer fee in. So if they maybe they came in from Merrill or UBS or whatever, we reimburse it. Uh, opposite for us. So if someone wants to leave us, there's no charge whatsoever. They can simply pick up the phone, call my custodian, say, I don't want to be with this guy, and they're off the hook. The clients, the, the clients at our firm have 100% of the power. We, our compensation goes up and down with them. They're 100% not tied to anything. We don't have our own proprietary funds. We don't have a secondary offering or an IPO coming down from, from the top saying you got to sell X amount of shares of this so we can get our 25 cents a share commission. We don't have any of those games. We don't have sales games like Wells Fargo. None of it. We are just strictly investment advisors. And I'm very proud of that. And uh, with that said, uh, I hope I've educated you guys enough uh, a little bit tonight. To talk, uh, when, you, when you think about it at night, what your investment advisors are doing for you and what could be, I want you to think about it. I want you to think, am I choosing this financial advisor in the most objective way? Am I choosing this person? Uh, as if as if my life depended on because if you look at a mathematical chart on what you've missed over the maybe a 20 or 30 year amortization chart on an extra two to five percent you could have made with a true advisor versus the guy selling you American funds charging you 5.75 percent upfront loads or B shares or, or surrender charge annuity if you look at that the difference is thousands of dollars how much is that so-called relationship how much is that so-called friendship worth to you is it worth twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars? Is it worth it? Because guess what? If that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're looking for, join a country club. If you're looking to pay for friends, join a country club. There's a million of them out there. If you uh, join, join a fraternity, uh, go to the local bar, buy someone a drink, because that's what you're paying for. At the end of the day, choose your investment advisor like you choose an object, uh, a professional that you need help on right now. Got to go to one more call. Uh, go ahead, Brian. Shoot it. Yeah, my parents are both currently like in the mid seventies, and they have IRAs. Okay, Brian. What's the question here? Yeah, is it uh, is that like advisable to like pull them out? 
and then go into the regular stock markets or do whatever with the tax rate being down? I, well, I don't know enough about your parents to give that advice, but normally I would never suggest you doing that. Just broadly, generic advice here. One, you're going to send your Social Security up, depending on how big their IRAs are, and to another tax bracket. Or I should say their income, I should say, not Social Security. Um, so they're going to pay taxes, bigger taxes on everything. Uh, and two, why would you want to lose 10, 15, 20% off the top of your IRAs for no particular reason? If they're in their 70s and the average age of an investor dies between 82 and 84, I don't think you're going to, especially in the 70 year mark, I don't think you're going to recover with a moderate to conservative uh, uh, investment tolerance, which you lost in that amount of time. Plus, if you're inheriting that money, you're going to get, and, and it's not going to the spouse and it's going to go to you as a beneficiary IRA, you're, you're taking money out of your own mouth. That, you can pass that money on free of charge. No, no tax oh, consequences at all. You don't have to get, you wouldn't get taxed if uh, it was. And, and like, listen, like, I, I don't mean to talk insensitive. I don't, I don't want to talk insensitive, but there's no other way to state this, okay? So if your parents die or your spouse dies, you can roll that money over to your your own IRA or make it a what's called a, a beneficiary IRA to where their age is attached to that beneficiary IRA to where you're still getting their RMD. But majority of the money is still completely tax uh, deferred, all right? So you do not you do not want to do that. Brian, okay. I, I, we got to head out. I apologize to cut you short. You called yep. at the end no, of the show. Thank you Thanks very for much. your call. Yep. Okay, guys, let me tell you where I'm located because we only got about a minute left for the show. We are located on Star Center Boulevard on the second to the last building on the left opposite end of Poor House, um, which is kind of ironic because we hope to make you the rich house. Um, we're the second to the last building. Big, huge sign on the left, JR Wealth Management Company. We offer free consultations. Uh, no obligation advice. Call us at 330-965-9890. Great show, Dave.